0: Good morning, everybody. Thanks for those of you in the house. Will you help me welcome those who are watching us online? If you're in the house, everybody, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Um, but we're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to review a little bit of our uh, last week's sermon. And then we're going to go into some new content for today. So if you don't mind, let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, I am deeply grateful that you have preserved this particular passage in the text for us. It's not a pretty one. But you have preserved it so that some of us can identify with it that you still use messed up people to do miraculous things. So, Father, will you now encourage each of our spirits, help us to dig deep, realize and understand what's going on inside of us so that we can point people to the person of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Uh, I want to tell you a story today. And then use it as the backdrop to remind you of what we did last week and then go over some new material. Uh, The story is found in 2 Samuel chapter 13. Uh, It's about a king that you know very, very well. His name is David. David uh, has has a couple of problems. Number one, he doesn't do well at controlling his passions. He's got a problem with controlling his passions. And so, because of that, um, uh, he, he, he had a relationship, an inappropriate one, with Bathsheba, and therefore he had a whole lot of kids. David had 19, somebody say 19, 19 kids. 18 of them were boys and one young lady, one girl. Uh, in the story that's found in Second Samuel chapter 13, uh, you find David's son, Amnon, and he has a half-sister, Tamar... And then you have the son that's next in line for royalty, for the kingship, which is Absalom. So you've got sibling rivalry. You've got uh, half-brother, full-brother kind of deal going on. And it's drama. Just read the Bible sometime. it got lots of drama in it. So here you go. Amnon says he, he likes somebody. He has a crush on a young lady. The problem is his sister. Anyways, so he says, hey man, I I, I really like her, I'm really drawn to her, I really want to have a relationship with her, and so he goes and tries to figure out how he can get it, but he cannot have any relationship, she's not interested, so then he starts losing weight, y'all, because he's so obsessed with this person. By the way, never forget, that's not where it started, he started, it started with his daddy, and as I said last week, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. When you have iniquity that you did not deal with, then your kids see it, and the same struggles you have, you will pass down generationally. So here you have David, who is bent toward his passion. Last week we said that's what iniquity means. It means to to bend. You're supposed to be, if you follow all of God's precepts, you're supposed to be like this, but when you don't in a particular area or two, then you're bent, and then your kids fall in the same direction so anyways David um, uh, has this bent toward not being able to control his passions so then his son Amnon has the same bent he is next in line to be king now David says okay I mean Amnon says Okay, since I can't get her that way, he has a friend. His friend is brilliant. His friend says, hey, David, I know what to do. I got your back, buddy. Um, Amnon, excuse me. He says, I got you back. Here's what I'm going to do, Amnon. I'm going to tell you a story, and you need to do everything I tell you, and it will work just the way you want, and you will get, listen, to fulfill your passions. Be careful the kind of friends you have in your life. Because if they're not supporting the word of God then they're going to support the wounds that you have, and they're going to play on them. Anyways, so anyway, so he said, okay, let me see what I can do, and he comes up with his plan, hey, throw a party, and then say to them, um, you're, you're not feeling well, and then everybody has to go, but because she's here, she's going to stay, and he's going to ask her to stay, and then send everybody out. So he says, all right, I'm sick, I'm not doing too well, all you got to go, and so Tamar is her name half sister she comes in and he wants the food that only she can cook so she cooks it and it's great and he says oh my gosh this is so incredible but he always has a plan so his plan is he wants to be with her so she she cooks the food it's it's going well he sends everybody out and then he says okay now will you be with me to which Tamar said uh, gross no I'm not doing that and so uh uh uh, says to his sister um uh well well I I want you Tamar says no, and then Tamar says, well, I know how to get out of here. Just go ask dad if you can have my hand in marriage, and then everything will be okay. If dad says yes, then let's go. So then, uh, uh, Amnon said, no, I'm not doing that. I want you, and I want you now. That's what David said, by the way. He 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 had Bathsheba's husband killed and said, I want you, and I want you now. I wonder what patterns your kids are seeing in you. That they're simply going to reproduce, even though you try to hide them. Anyways, um, so the story, the plot thickens. So, so he goes and he is with her. Uh, this is the PG version, by the way. He goes and he is with her, forcibly with her. So now he he, he finishes his little act, and now all of a sudden shame runs in. Uh, uh, resentment, fills his heart, bitterness fills his heart, all because he did something he knew he was not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So then uh, she says, I can't go, Tamar, I can't go because now I'm a shamed woman, nobody's going to want to be with me, and so I can't go, I got to stay with you, and he said, get out of here, I can't stand you, because now he knows what's coming behind this, or what's supposed to come. He goes, she, he finally lets her go, she goes, she's ashamed, she goes to her brother. Listen, the one who is next in line, if Amnon dies, he's going to be king. So he has two reasons. One, he messed with his sister. And two, if he's gone, then it's his right to be king. So he says, hey, don't tell nobody. I got your back. Don't worry. I got you. Don't tell nobody. I said, nobody. Okay, go. You sure? No. David finds out. Do you know what the king did? Nothing. Now, before you say, "Mm mm-mm, you ought to ask why. You see, sometimes David was supposed to get the death penalty for killing Bathsheba's husband. And being with somebody that was not his wife. Listen, listen, listen. So because he didn't get it, here's his mind. Well, maybe if I act too harshly, I got grace with my issue. So who am I to not give grace to my son even though he just raped his half-sister? Parents, let me ask you something. I wonder if you're too lenient with your kids. Because in areas who, 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 that you messed up royally, you want to be overly lenient to them. I wonder if there's anybody here today. Who, 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 who. Your parents drug you to church. Oh, you going. You can tell, you can say anything you want to say, but you're going to church. I <laughs> can't even talk, I can't talk, I can't talk. Okay, no problem, you're going to church. You don't want to go! And so now you say, I ne- if my kid don't want to go to church, they don't have to go to church. Because now you're overreacting to what I wonder if there's anything that you're doing now, and you are saying, well, if, if, if I don't, if they didn't do it to me, then I'm not going to do it to them. And you don't realize that the rest of your kids are watching too. So here you got family drama like you've never seen before. Why? Because of pain. Pain that's in the heart. It continues, it continues. So two years goes by. Two years. For two years, he's been dealing with this pain. Absalom now is dealing with this pain. By the way, you do it all the time. For some of us, it's 20 years. For some of us, it's 30 years. We're dealing with this pain. And I told you last week what we do with it. We either do, number one, we, we medicate, we find something that we need to do to, to, to numb the pain. Or we, we decide we're going to become ambitious and successful, so we're going to work real hard, real hard, so we don't have to, ever have to think about the pain. Or I said last week that if we don't do that, then we're going to medicate, which is what Absalom did. We're going to meditate upon it. And we're going to. We're going to let it fester. It's going to stay there for a while. And you're going to think about all the things you can do to get back at the person. And you're going to harbor bitterness, resentment, hatred in your heart for that person. And some of you say, Pastor, I'm over it. But yet still every time you see the person, every time somebody calls their name, blood rushes to your head. Because the pain is still there. Am I talking to anybody, Pastor? Ron? Is anybody in here so far? Am I talking to anybody? Is there anybody in here so far? Lord, have mercy. Anyways, anyways, um, you know what? Let me tell you some of mine because you don't have any clearly. So let me give you a couple of mine so you can feel like we're together in this. Um, I got about seven of them, seven clear ones that I can see in my life. I'm only you too nosy. I'm only going to give you two of mine. Um, I'm not going to give you all of them. So one of mine is um. There's a reason I got five degrees. I got five degrees. Five, one, two, three, four, five. You know why I got five? Because somebody told me, me, when I was about 16 years old, that I wasn't smart enough. And my mama, my sisters are brilliant, ones like neuroscientists and brilliant, brilliant. And they said, yeah, 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 you're not smart enough. And it ticked me off. So I said, okay, I'm gonna show you. Five degrees later. Okay, Jada, okay. Watch it now. Watch, 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 watch. So do you know what I do every single day with my kids? Okay. Can somebody take Jada? Jada be talking about Jesus. I'm just sharing my heart, Jada, over there. Jesus. You know what I do every day? <laughs> you know I do? every single day? My, every single day. Oh, we're reading something. We're solving a math problem. Because here's what's not going to happen to them. Watch this. My overreaction now. Ain't nobody going to call them not smart. Oh, they're going to be brilliant. Because I, am working on my baggage to make sure they don't have the pain I had. That's why Jada has to tell me all the time,
1: "Can they have?
0: Can they just have some fun, please? I just want them to laugh. Can they just have a party?" So she has dance parties every week, and I have math classes every week. <laughs> no, 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 no! Listen, listen, listen! Come back, come back, come back, at least I know one of mine. So I gotta ease off the, the, the throttle sometimes to make sure that I'm not just working. Now listen, oh, they're gonna study now, but then I'm not gonna overdo it. Anyway, no, no, let me get another one of mine. You, you want one? I'll give you one more. You think of yours. Don't worry about mine, think of yours. I got lots of them. So one of my issue is, um, I, I, I struggled a lot of things, but let me give you one more. You, you, I gotta watch my money issues. I got to watch money. Can somebody take Jada in the other room, please? I'm sharing with you on my heart. Jada be like, Jesus. So I got got money issues. Let me tell you what I mean by money issues. I don't want to be broke no more. I don't want to be broke. I I know what it's like to have the leg and the thigh. And it must serve six people.
1: Come on.
0: You don't. Some of you have never eat a chicken neck before. I, I love chicken neck. Love chicken neck, cause that's all you could get. Cause that's all we had. Now listen. And if you're not careful, you're gonna become a saver. And if you're not careful, you're gonna come greedy. But greedy, you know this, I've told you a hundred times, is the sexy American sin. Greed. So I got to be careful. Because I will decide that I will never be broke again. Listen, and even if God wants me to, I will fight against the will of God. Mm -hmm. And don't you dare tell me God don't want you to be broke. Don't don't you dare tell me that. Anyways, that's a different theological discussion. Um, So I got to be careful. That I don't set up my whole life so that not even God can talk to me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, family? Come on. Come. There's got to be somebody. Anyways, that's my pain issues. I want to know yours. Put yours in the chat. Tell me what your pain issues are. Just type them out. Just type them out. Just Because we're going to talk about them now. Anyways, let's get back to my story now. Go to your notes. Let me see if I can help you. Two years later, Absalom decided he's going to throw the party. He throws a party. He invites his brother to come. He tells his servants to kill them. All of a sudden, kill him. All of a sudden, he dies. All the sons of King David now scatters. David thinks, all of them are dead. Every last one. Somebody comes, him, oh my gosh, all these sons died. And David goes bananas. Then they tell him, later, no, 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 it's not all. It's just one. And Absalom now has to flee and run away because he just killed his own brother. That's the drama that's in 2 Samuel chapter 13. That's the story of pain. That's the story of a dad and his impact on his kids to get what he wants regardless of the cost. That's it. That's what pain does to you. Pain makes you act in crazy overreacting ways. And if you don't process that, it will hurt you. Let's get to your notes. Let's see if we can help you fill out some of this right here. See, there are two universal truths that I know. Number one, we all have been touched by pain. And the pain experiences we suffer are seldom resolved. You see, your issue is not gambling. The real, real problem, it's not gambling. It's not control. It's not anxiety. It's not depression. It's not food. It's not anger. It's not greed. It's not porn. It's pain. All of that's the fruit of it, but the real issue is pain. There's pain underneath. The root structure is pain, and you are acting out in all these ways, but what's driving these behaviors is pain. And if you and I don't deal with it, it will continue to manifest itself, not only in us, but in our kids, and in our kids' kids, and in our kids' kids' kids. And you wonder, why is it that you do exactly what your mama did and what your daddy did? It's because when they're leaning, you'll lean unless you decide that no more, as for me and my house, we're going to straighten this thing up, and we're going to look at it and address it in Jesus' name. Can I get a witness family? Here we go. All right. Let's see what else we got. So time, what we usually think is time will heal it, but it does not. Time does not heal all rooms. Time actually makes the pain grow worse over time. Unprocessed pain has to be dealt with, but most of us deal with it in the wrong way. Unaddressed pain affects us emotionally, affects our health, affects everything there is about us. Now turn your page over and let's see if I can get to the root of this. And then we'll turn the corner and get some hope. Look in your notes, ladies and gentlemen. You'll see what I have. All right. So here's, here's the thesis so far. Here's what we're trying to suggest. Um, that pain is dangerous, ladies and gentlemen. It is very dangerous. But there's, there are two things that happen when you have pain that you don't realize that you have. Number one, inner pain that is left unaddressed. It, 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 it starts to, it starts to fester like it did for Absalom, and it starts to grow, and it starts to grow in your heart. Uh, uh, your, your parents used to say something to you over and over and over and over again, and it starts to fester. Let, let me, let me, let me, let me see if I can illustrate it for you. A, a young boy that's growing up, and his teachers always told him, yeah, um, you give too much trouble in class, you, uh, 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 why you always attracting attention to yourself, why you can't just follow the rules, why you can and over, and over, and over, and over, and over again. If that's all that kid hears, here's what the kid starts thinking to himself. I'm the problem, and if I just leave, everybody will be okay. See, the pain drives him to a certain mindset. That, no, that doesn't come from God, but it comes from the pain that is, that is rooted in his heart that now manifests in how he thinks that's why this is nothing to be to be to be taken lightly When you have intense pain, ladies and gentlemen Listen, if it goes unaddressed And in the other side it says If we don't know it's there And we can't see it Then it grows into three things Bitterness, rebellion, resentment That's what it grows to Now you just keep it inside and it starts to go Or you manifest it outside And you just start yelling at folk And you wonder sometimes Why is this person responding this way When I just ask them for something simple It's because there's a pain somewhere there That's driving what they're saying and they're just they're just lashing out to you but here's the dangerous part it moves from there and it becomes an inner vow now inner vow is extraordinarily dangerous yet still I have them and you have them whenever you get hurt you don't like the pain that you feel so since you don't like the pain you feel you decide that you're going to put a boundary around yourself so you never feel that pain again So you create an inner vow. It's your attempt to control stuff. It's your attempt to say, well, that ain't never going to happen to me again. Okay, Um, let me see if I can help. Um, It's one thing when you can see the pain, because then you can address it. Let's say you have a cut. Come here. Let's say you have a cut. Somebody, you got a cut, somebody hit you in the head or something, and you get a cut. Just like this one right here. Let's say you have a cut. At least you can see it. Listen, if you don't see it, somebody else is going to see it. And they'll say, no, you got to address that because it's dangerous. So they're going to say, uh uh-uh, no, I can't just leave you alone. I'm going to get you a Band-Aid because you got to address this. We got to cover it up. We don't want it to get infected. So we're going to start by putting some stuff on it to make sure that you're okay. You got to get another one because I want to make sure that this does not become worse and cause all kind of pain for you later on, any kind of tumor or whatever that might cause, so you got to cover it up, then that's not enough, you want to put some pressure on it, so then you start putting stuff, because you can see it ladies and gentlemen, so now you do everything you can to make sure that you deal with the pain from this Wound that you have. No problem. This is what you should do. The problem comes when you can't see the pain. So now you don't know what to do because you can't see it. And when it's inside and when it's emotional and when it's words, you can't see it. So now it is as if you're bleeding inside. But because you can't see it. You leave it alone, failing to realize that it's affecting your relationship with God, your relationship with the people close to you, your co It's affecting everybody around you. And you don't even know why. Because you have an unaddressed wound that you still want to pretend as if it doesn't hurt and as if it's not there. Uh, You know what? Don't take my word for it. Let's take a young man who is dealing with it in his own life right now. One of the young men I disciple, he's in in my discipleship group, and I want you to listen to his story, and I want you to see what's happened in his life and how he's trying to cope with it. Take a look.
1: When pain comes, we always are looking for who, when, what, where, why. How? Right. How did I get here? How did I get here? I Why did this happen? I was supposed to do, right? And I did the same thing, right? My, my wife, um, she's gone through a few bouts of cancer. Um, this is her third bout when we just started up and just figured out what she has. She's gone through colon cancer, she's had thyroid cancer, and now she has a lymphoma in her stomach. And, um, and we were young, you know, when we got married, we were 21, 22 years old. Um, and so we had kids You know, our kids are older now. Um, but you know, in the middle of our marriage, we had a, a wrench thrown in and we're thinking we're going to fight. We're going to get through this. God's got our back, right? We've, right? we've been Christians. We've been giving tithing. We've been, you know, giving an offering. We've been in the music ministry. We've been in the couples ministry. We've done all these things. We're going to be okay. Right. Right. Um, and then we weren't okay. Mm-hmm. Came back. We're like, oh no, we got this too. We're going to fight. We're going to, you know, go through it again, and we're going to take care of it. And then we weren't okay. And through that pain, and through our pain as a couple and our pain as a family, um, God had to show me and and make me realize that at some point, God is still going to be God before the incident, after the incident, in the middle of the incident. So it's our jobs to look for him in all that's happening. You know, as a husband, as a father, you want to fight and protect. It is in our DNA to be a protector. It is in our DNA to be a provider. But when you can't provide the thing that your family needs, and when you can't provide the healing and the protection and the provision your family needs, you have to give it to God because He can. And what we think we need, we may not need, right? I can't fight cancer. There is no cowboy coming in to save the day. There is only Jesus. And when he comes, he comes with what he knows we need. And it may not always be the thing we think he should bring us. And in that, we have to realize he is still God and he knows. And even though he didn't bring us, the again, the check, and the healing, and we may lose the thing we love the most, but in that loss, we have to realize that God is still with us. And I hope that people understand that in your depression state, in the state of COVID, and being alone, and being hurt, and asking God for something that God is going to provide. And it may not be the way you think he's gonna provide, but it's gonna be what you need.
0: That powerful. come on, put your hands together for that, come on, yeah. So if you, if you don't deal with it, you're not going to think like Derek just thought. But you got to deal with that pain right there. And what we end up doing, ladies and gentlemen, is we come up with these, these things called inner vows. And these inner vow says, I am, I'm never going to feel that way again. Because I, I hate it so much, I never want to feel that way, so nobody, including God, can tell me anything about it to tell you about a young man he grew up in a home where his mom was critical where his mom was controlling and because he did he grew up not having a voice so every time he'd say something it would be criticized every time he would try to articulate he'd be controlled so then he made up in his mind I'm not going to be controlled again so therefore I just won't say anything so he kept it all inside And whenever something happened, he wouldn't have an opinion. He had one, but he didn't have the confidence to share it because every time he shared it, he was criticized, beaten down, controlled. So then that little boy got married. He gets married, but he gets married to a young lady that's very articulate and it's great and it's wonderful. And the marriage starts off great, but he knows inside you don't share too much. So here's what the day looks like when he comes home. Hey, babe, here's what my day went. And she goes off. And he said, How was your day? Fine. Mm-hmm. She says, What's wrong with this? Why, he, this not, why don't you tell me? I want to So she said, Okay, sweetie, so tell me what happened between breakfast and lunch. I mean, it was a good day. I mean, all of us worked and we worked real hard, and, and it was a good day. Mm-hmm. Why won't he talk to me? And then the wife begins to think it's all her issue, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's that he doesn't want to address the pain and the hurt that when he opens his mouth, he doesn't want to be criticized, controlled, and manipulated. So he says, I'm just not going to say anything. So then they end up with a, with a sad, a meaningless, and a, and, a, and a very quiet marriage. And the wife wonders, why is it this way? And they can't get to the bottom of it. And a lot of the times, it stays that way till they die. Never addressing the vow that he made that said this, I will not be criticized again. I will not be controlled again. And I don't care who tells me, I'm not going to. Do you see what I'm saying, fam? That's what happens when pain goes unaddressed. You come up with these vows. And as a family today, you should sit down and you should say, all right, what are some of the ones that I have and how is it impacting us? You should do that today. And to not do it is to keep medicating it, is to keep meditating upon it, and is to keep working real hard for ambition and success to think you can simply work it off. And then it's going to come up one night in the middle of the night. You get up and you go, (gasps) the way you're going to try and deal with it, it is you're going to try and go work real quick. Okay I, can't sleep. okay, I can't sleep. Okay, if I just work, I'll get over it. As opposed to dealing with it. So come on, let me show you what else happens. Come on. So three things happen with, with, with inner vows. Number one, they're sinful. Because God says you shouldn't make a vow that doesn't honor him. But you did. Number two, they cause us to overact relationally. And this is the part that's really hard. Number three, they become the guiding force of our lives. Or, listen... Now your wound leads you, not the Word. So now you follow your wound everywhere it wants to go, but you don't follow the guidance of the Word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a big deal. And it happens in everybody's household every single day. That's why we must deal with it. But there's something worse than this. Flip the page over. It's not just that you have to deal with this inner vow. There's something else you have to deal with that's worse than just the pain impacting you. Here it is. It is the message behind the pain. Think about that for a moment. So one thing is the pain. The second thing is the message behind it. And the message is, it's either coming from the enemy or it's coming from God. But usually we prioritize the one coming from the enemy. So now he starts telling you negative things about you. He starts telling you things like, you should be fearful of this. No, don't trust anybody there. You, you, he starts reinforcing, reinforcing uncertainty, doubt, hopelessness, despair, insecurity, self-hate. And all of a sudden, you wonder, the pain is there. You can't address it because the enemy keeps saying things. And the, enemy, the, and the Bible tells you, the enemy just has one goal for you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to tear you down. He comes to ultimate goal, separate you from God so you don't believe him or trust him. And yet still, this pain will make you do it. So the question for you is, hey man, what's my pain? And what's the message that I've been believing about that pain? See, God comes, and the reason he allows pain is because he wants to discipline us toward righteousness. So God says, I'm going to create an environment of love. I'm going to give you hope and restoration. I'm going to give you grace, comfort, and guidance. I'm going to give you forgiveness. I'm going to grow your character. I'm going to build you up. I'm not going to tear you down. There's a message in the pain. You ever wonder why my boy Joseph, how he handled those years between when he was, when he was thrown into the pit? And when he is the second most powerful leader in Egypt, you ever wonder how he made it through that? Just think about it for a while. Your brothers hate you enough to want to get rid of you. Really, they wanted to kill you, but they didn't. One of the oldest ones said, no, don't kill him. Just throw him over here and let some people get him and take him to slavery. He goes into slavery, and he's there for a while, and then Potiphar picks him up, takes him to his house, wife accuses him, you know the story, goes to jail. The two guys come from the king's quarters, said, we're going to help you get out. They don't. He serves two more years later, then he gets to the king's palace. You ever wonder what's going on in his mind the whole time? You ever want, I'm going to get even with them jokers. You wait, I am dying to see it. You, I can't believe them. This is the people closest to me. How could they hurt me like this? The people closest to me? Some of you saying that right. How could my mom do this to me? How could my dad, how could my stepdad, how could they do this to me? And Joseph never allowed the enemy to whisper in his ears. He allowed God to speak loudly like a megaphone. They meant it for evil, but God, in his infinite wisdom, has a plan. He's working things out. So I don't care what your past was like. I really don't, because I know if God allowed it, even if it is the most hideous thing on the planet, he says he's going to use it if you will allow him. He's going to use it for for his glory and for your benefit. He is going to use it, because that's the God that he is. So can you imagine when these boys came, stood before the king, and, and Joseph knew who knew who they were, and they were like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! <gasps> Is that you?" Uh-huh. Can you imagine the guilt that they felt? Oh, he's gonna get us now. He's gonna get us now. Uh-huh. He's gonna get us now. And Joseph said, "Brothers, I done dealt with that long time ago, bro. So here's what we're gonna do. God in His sovereignty allowed me to be here so you wouldn't die right now." Because if I wasn't here, ain't nobody giving you no favor upon nothing. So the reason you're going to live is because I'm going to show favor upon you. You didn't show favor upon me, but I'm going to show favor upon you. And you know why every Christian should think that way? Because you deserve nothing and God gave you everything. (laughs) So when somebody that owes you shows up, you can say, I know you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good because now he needs me to help you in this situation. So, 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 so let me see if I can turn the corner, and if we can uh, land this thing real quickly. So um, let's go through some of these so you have some points so you don't you don't get frustrated. So on the top circle is the word God, on the bottom is the enemy. As you go through the four principles, the first one says unprocessed pain is dangerous, but it is the message in the pain that's most damaging. Number two says the most the the, the enemy uses painful moments to tear down and do what he does best: separate us from God. Genesis chapter three. God uses pain to speak to us and draw us near to him. And then lastly, Satan has to disarm us before he can defeat us. So so last week, I shared with you a little bit about what the enemy is trying to do and what you and I have a tendency to do with this thing. So this is going to represent the pain in your past. That's what this is going to represent. It's pain. It's pain. And you're lugging it. last week it was hurt, this week it's pain. And you're going to lug this thing around every day, all day. So you're walking around with pain every single day, all day. And you're walking around with this thing called pain. And what I said to you last week was, God wants to take the hurt from you. This week, however, I'm going to tell you what God wants to do instead. God says, I know you're walking around with this thing. And I know you're walking around with pain. And I know it's holding you back. And did they put some more weights on this? And I know it's hard. And and I know it's real difficult. And and, and God says, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But God says, here's here's what I want you to do instead. God says, turn your page over. God says, I want you to give me your pain. And what I want to do is give you peace. But I'm going to do it in a different way than you might think. He says there are three kinds of peace. There is eternal peace. That is the peace that comes from God when you have a personal relationship with him. That is, he is the God of peace. You don't get ultimate peace unless you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Number two then, there is internal peace. That is emotional peace. That is the peace within you that now, no matter the storm around you, you can enjoy the peace that passes all understanding. And then the third level of peace is external peace, not eternal, but external peace. This is the peace that you have one for the other. The peace you can have relationally, no matter who you're interacting with. But you're saying, Pastor, you don't understand the vows I made. You don't understand the pain that I'm going through. You don't understand the messages that I have to fight daily in my life. To which God says, if you let me in, here's what I'll do for you. I'm not going to, in some cases, I'm going to take the pain away. In other cases, I'm going to leave the pain right there. Let me show you what it looks like. Come on, Pastor Matt, let's go. So he says, in some cases, I'm going to take some of these off for you, and I'm going to deal with it, and I'm going to let you stop medicating on it, and I'm going to set you free from some of the pain, so you don't even have to go back to it again, because I have released it from you, so you don't, it's not going to plague you anymore. But then he says, for some of the pain. I not want to take it away. What I want to do instead is I want to carry it for you so that when you walk around, it seems like you are as free as you can ever be. And listen, not because of you, but because of the one carrying your pain. So now he wants you to say, I want you when people say, how do you deal with the stuff you're dealing with? You don't get the point to you, you get the point to Jesus. And it's the only reason why you can run around freely because Jesus takes the pain. And when somebody says, how do you do this? You say, it's not me, it's him. It's not me. Y'all need to clap for him, not for me. Because but for him, the weight would still be there. Can I get a witness, fam? Come on, fam. That is what your Jesus Christ does. That's why you're always pointing people back to him. That's why when they come to you at work and they say, how do you do it? I said, but for the man Christ Jesus, I would be carrying the weight around just like you do. And he says, will you take my yoke? Here's why. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The question becomes... Will you accept the peace that he gives you in spite of the pain of the past that still hurts you? But whenever it comes up and it hurts you, that's why you say Jesus, that's why you're running to him. So when when the pain raises itself, when the ex shows up again, when your parents want to come home and want to pretend as if everything is fine, when when you see the person that hurt you deeply in high school on social media, the reason you don't have to DM them and cuss them out is because of Jesus. And you say, thank you, Lord. Pastor Matt, put that down. Let me show you something else he's going to do. Second thing he's going to do. That's why each of you must be in community. Because he gives you community to help you with the process. No, don't go nowhere. Come on, back up here, President. He gives you he gives you community to help you with the process. Because I, if you like me, I know what you're going to do. You're going to say to yourself, "Self, I mean, this was all good at church, but that's a sermon from a pastor." But sometimes. That pain still comes up. That person still comes back in my life, Pastor. I put two of those weights back on there. That person still comes up, and every now and again, I get I get reminded of the pain, and I want to go back. Give me one of these, and I want to go back, and I want to take it, and I want to walk with it, and I want to say, I can stand them. The reason you need community, other people walking with you other people who love you and love God and don't want you to take up what God has already set you free from is so that when you take it up, come over here, Pastor Man. now somebody, right here, somebody's going to say, somebody's going to say, no, 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 and they're going to take it from you and say, no, 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 he delivered you from that already. So I'm not going to let you take, and you're going to be fighting them. And y'all get I can't stand it no more. I can but they love you. Man, don't let me take it. But they, they love you too much. They love you too much. They say, no, 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 no. We're not going to let you do that. <laughs> it's all right. It's hard to find good help sometimes, but it's okay. Come on, Pastor. <laughs> but what, com- what healthy community does is they make sure you don't go back to your mess after Jesus don't set you free from it. And they make sure they see you doing it and they know you want to get even. And and healthy community says, I love you too much. Mm -hmm. Healthy community says, I will come to your house and make sure you don't leave that house. Healthy community says, no, no, I need your passwords so I can see what you tell somebody else because I want to make sure you're walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. Healthy community says, no, no, I'm not going to let you listen to the whispers of the devil. I'm going to make sure you're listening to the word of God. And I'm going to reinforce the word in you so you don't take back what he has already delivered you from. Can I get a witness man? It's huge, man. We see too many people walking around with pain. You remember what we used to say, don't you, back in the day? We see somebody go crazy and say, hey, sis, who hurt you, sis? Who hurt you? You all right? You know why we say that? Hey, bro, who hurt you, man? This is not normal behavior. That's because they're carrying this around everywhere. And they have not yet been set free by Jesus. So let me give you these last five, and then we're done. Number one, here's what it says. It says, yeah, you have to start now by making peace with our past. Until you let your past die, you won't let your future live. You just won't. Unless you give this to Jesus and say, God, it might still be there. I might still feel the pain. I might still feel all of it. But Jesus, I know I can run to you every time I forget that you're still carrying my pain. Because I'm not doing it anymore. Number two. Then you need to make peace with ourselves. And realize that that, uh, this idea of internal peace is yours according to Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. Number three then says, you've got to turn loose your inner vows that hold us hostage to the pain. You've got to turn loose. You've got to identify these vows, which is hard to do sometimes. You've got to identify them, and right after you identify them, you've got to have your community hold you accountable. To not live in your whole life trying to control everything, even God. Number four, you've got to allow God to carry your pain. And then most importantly, you become a witness when he does. You have to allow God to carry it. And now everything in your life points to Jesus. That's why you're never the star. That's why Jesus is the star. You're never the famous one. That's why, because apart from Jesus carrying this weight, you would look like a buffoon struggling in every single day of your life. That's why he's the star, not you. That's why you don't get to celebrate all of, uh, look at me, look at me. No, 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 look at me. But for the grace of God, I'm a plumb fool addicted to something acting a fool every day of my life. So I'm not, not, don't look at me. Look at the one who holds my pain. Because apart from him, I really can't do it. Number five. Number five says, here we go. This one's beautiful. That's why we must break the legacy of hurt And birth a legacy of blessing. So in your notes it simply says. Leave a legacy of blessing. But before that I want you to write. That's why we must break the legacy of hurt. Break it. I am no longer walking around. Being held back by my hurt or my pain. I'm not doing it. Because I'm giving it to Christ. And I know he has it. When I am walking. And I'm walking in freedom. Even though the pain might still be there because it is my Jesus that's holding and carrying me through the whole process we have too many people in church that are waiting for some time in the future to have peace too many of us who wait when I get married I'm gonna have peace when I have kids I'm gonna have peace well no when the kids leave you're gonna have peace Ain't that the truth? Anyways, um, um, when, 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 when I get this next job, I'm going to have peace. When I can get rid of this spouse, I'm going to have peace. When, and you keep thinking peace is some few, something in the future distance that you're going to get as soon as you get rid of the thing that is holding you back. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 that's not how it works. I don't want you, I don't want you to wait for it. I want you to walk in it. I am The Prince of Peace. If you know me as personal Lord and Savior, I have given you peace. And I want you to walk in it. And I don't give you peace in the future. You have it right now. That's why as Christians, we should be the ones walking around in the midst of COVID. The most settled there can be. Because you have Jesus. No matter if you have the, I'm still in the house. Oh my gosh. That means you're still walking around with it. Instead of enjoying the peace that he gives you right now. That's why politically, you don't wait for your guy to get the White House or your bad guy to leave the White House or the good one to get it. I don't care. You don't have peace based on who's in the White House. You have peace because he is peace. And if you have Jesus, you got peace. Therefore, you need to activate the peace you already have. And not wait for some future destination to enjoy. it. You get to enjoy it right. now we want to pray if you can identify a hurt in your life right now if you're at home and if you're in the house you can identify a hurt right now that you have you can identify you can identify your inner vow and you can identify the whispers and the messages that the enemy wants to give you which are detrimental to your future then I want you to stand because I want to pray for you today but you got to be able to be able to name it if you're at home, I want you to name it. Tell me one of them. I know we all have a lot. But if that's your and you can identify it, and you want to break the hurt, the hurt legacy, and establish a leg and birth the, the, the legacy of blessing, then I want you to stand. It's okay if you don't know it yet. That's absolutely fine. But if you do, I want you to stand up. Because I want you to say today, as for me and my house. We're not going to continue this hurt legacy. We want to continue and birth. A legacy of blessing. So if that's you, stand right where you are. And if you're sitting, it's okay. Don't feel ashamed. I'm good. You're good. Just process that. And if you're at home and you're not so sure what that is yet, then take today to reflect and think on it. But don't rush into it because this this doesn't come overnight. It takes time to process through this. It takes good friends that can help you identify it so they can help you walk through it, identify the vow that you have made, and then say, I'm going to change by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, the song said earlier, may the Lord bless you. Will you bless your people, God? Will you give each of us the courage? even though it's excruciatingly painful to identify what that pain is that's causing us to make this vow, that's causing the enemy to then whisper these things about us that are not true about who we are and our identity? Will you help us to identify God? And then when we do, will you help us to realize the peace, eternal peace that you give us, internal peace that you give us, and then the external peace that you give us so that we can walk in it? We're giving you today, God, our pain. And we're receiving your peace. Every person standing, every person listening, every person with a television or an iPad or a phone that they're looking at, will you meet them right where they are? Will you? Appear, will it appear as if nobody else is listening to the sermon but each one of us? And will your spirit leap through that phone? into our hearts and remind us that you are for us you're not against us you are for us you want the best for us and will you allow us to receive that please God so that the weight doesn't seem weighty anymore not because it's not there but because we have a savior that's carrying our pain as we go through this world thank you for a group of believers that's not afraid to deal with their emotional baggage because they know it affects their relational issues. Will you set us free from this, please, God? We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody say. Come on, everybody. Put your hands together for God. Come on. He can do better than that. Come on. Come on, fam. Woo, you may be seated in the house. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Um, if you're here and you're watching us online, it is an honor that we get to worship with you. Let me give you a couple of things. One, if you want to talk about Jesus. Because he's the only one that you're going to look back on. He's the only one that can take this pain away. And that can lift it off of you. Even if, you're still, even if it's still there, he'll lift it so the weight's not affected. If you want to talk about that, Jesus, we'll stay here all day long to talk about him with you. We've got pastors online that would love to chat with you about this. So if you want to do that, that's fine. If you're looking for a community that will hold you accountable and that will fight for you and with you and you for them and with them. Then, then we just want to encourage you to join a community group here. Because we believe it's one of the ways that God uses people to help ease the pain. So if that's you, then just go to the next step uh, section and just fill that out. And, um, and just send it to us and we'll get you in a community group of people that will fight for you. If you're here today and you, and you, and you, and you want to be a member come back to church, then we consider that an honor as well. And so as you go to your app time where they're going to talk about how you can apply this word... Um, I want you to take it seriously today, and I want you to process this today. How, God, what is it? Take the notes. Go back over it. Ask God, what is it that I wasn't even aware of that I need to be aware of if I'm going to truly be a force to reckon with in the future against the kingdom of darkness? That's you. Uh, just process that today. But now I want to take you to our after time Jen. Why don't you guys take it away and, uh, and teach us how to apply it to ourselves? Take it away.